You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode six of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Not bad. And yourself? I'm all right. I'm su- I'm surviving this mini heat wave that we're um, mm. that we're living in. It's um, yeah, it's pretty. Well, it's, it's, we shouldn't complain about the weather. Should be oh, no. nice to have an, an Indian summer, but I'd quite quite what it's going to be like running around in this sort of heat. I'd, uh, yes, I can I can well do without that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a pleasant weekend? Yeah, not too bad. All in all, yeah, I think it was pretty pleasant. So yeah, but yourself? Well, I went to Almondsbury. Oh. On the banks of the M4. Mm. Which is it's quite a surreal experience watching a Western League game next to a motorway. But um, but anyway, um, what wasn't surreal was the outcome, because um, that was quite possibly predictable. But anyway, it was um, it was a very nice afternoon. I must say the hospitality at um, at Almondsbury was outstanding. I was um, I was made to feel incredibly welcome, and um, and I you know I really appreciate that. As I say, it was the first time I'd ever been, um, so that was you know that was very pleasant. Now, um, on this week's podcast, we hear from Lee Perks, the manager of Brislington, and our first division manager interview is with Sean Potter, the manager at Well City. And before we get into the fixtures on Saturday, the 4th of September, we do have the small matter of last week's quiz question to clear hmm. up. Now, do you remember this, Tom? I do now. You've reminded me. Yeah, I'd forgotten. But... And do you, uh, the, the question for those of you who um, who weren't paying attention um, was that um, uh, around this time last week I'd, I'd come across an old Sabutio Cup Final Special Edition box at my my parents' house, and on the front of the of the box um, there were two players, Paul Walsh and Des Walker, and I the question was um, not who was the Cup Final between, but in what year was that cup final played. Now, if memory serves me correctly, Tom, I think your guess was 1992. Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. One year before I was born, yeah. And if you had gone one year earlier, you would have been absolutely right. It was 1991 was the cup final. It was, of course, Tottenham Hotspur against um, Nottingham Forest. Paul Walsh was playing for Tottenham Hotspur at the time. And Des Walker for Nottingham Forest. And that game, of course, was won by Tottenham on that occasion by two goals to one. So anyway, there's um, there's a little... I'm glad we've cleared that one up. Um, mm. You know, I didn't get inundated with, with, with entries, um, so um, I can only assume that uh, really that was just for your and my benefit and, frankly, probably just mine. But um, anyway, we will move into the matches played on Saturday, the 4th of September. We're going to... Well, I'm going to kick us off in the FA Cup. We had three teams still involved in the FA Cup. Unfortunately, we don't have any teams involved in the FA Cup anymore. Brasingstoke 4, Bridgewater Town 1, Shepton Mallet 1, Taunton Town 8 and Truro City 3, Exmouth Town 1. So for another season, um, Tool Station Western League interest in the FA Cup is over. Um, But um, we've still got plenty of football to discuss, plenty of games in the Premier Division and the First Division, Tom, and you're going to kick us off in the Premier Division. Brislington, they've had some interesting results of late, um, been on the course the the end of, 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 of some quite heavy defeats, particularly against Saltash. They took on high-flying, undefeated Bitten. Surely there could only be one winner here. Yeah, that's what you'd think, but not not to be. Bitten suffering their first league defeat uh, of the season at the hands of Brisington. So a fantastic afternoon for the home side there. 
um, yeah, moving themselves into the top half. So as you say, it's been a bit of a sort of topsy-turvy turvy start to the season for them. But it was George Jones. He was the hero for, for Brisington. Scored an either half for them. Also a goal for, for Jordan Scadding. I think he, he opened the scoring inside 20 minutes. So they made a pretty good start. Uh, but in the air, never obviously, well, one of our early pace setters, never never back down. And uh, Dean Griffiths and Josh Egan did keep them close. And they both scored. But uh, yeah, it wasn't to be for them. And as I say, suffering a... Uh, their first, first defeat of the season. Couldn't find a late equaliser. It's a 3-2 win for Brislington. So that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with Lee Perks, the manager of, Br- of Brislington. I, of course, congratulated Lee on that win, um, not least because they were the first team to beat um, Bitten in the league. And I asked him whether he went into, into that game believing that result would be possible. Yes, yeah, so we go into every game believing we can win, to be honest. Uh, Bitten's no different. I know, obviously, they haven't lost, so it was more of a more of an achievement to try and you know be their first loss for us to, to be you know to win. I mean, you made a great start, didn't you? You went two 0 up, but they they pulled one back. Did you fear the worst going into half time? No, not really. I mean, we, like I say, we went two 0 up. We couldn't. We we could have went three 0 up. We just couldn't get the third goal. And I just thought if we get the third one, it it may kill the game a little bit. I knew Bitten would would always come back at us because of the the quality they got. Um, but yeah, we we give a stupid penalty away just before half time. We went in it. We went in at half time at two one. Um, but we played really well. We didn't let them settle. You know, and I could say at half time, if we get the next goal, then we should. You know, we should go on and win the game. If they get the equaliser, then it could go the other way. But like I say, we, we come out. We come out half time. We 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 played just as well we did first half, and we managed to get the third goal. Um, and then they did get a goal back with, I think, I don't know, it's, it seemed like it was forever, but 15, 20 minutes to go. You know, we, we didn't panic. We, we, we played well right to the end. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious Bitten was going to come on top with us with, you know, the last five minutes. But, yeah, I mean, for us, from, from the goalkeeper all, all the way through the squad, everyone done um, and worked and worked solid. And I think we, 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 we were well we winners, really. Because um, that was the second time that you played Bitten in the league this season. Uh, on the first occasion, you lost to them. But do you think you learnt something about them on that day that helped you win on Saturday? You could play Bitten, you know, three or four times a season. You're always going to be up against it because, as I say, they've got uh, a quality squad. they got good, good players on the bench as well. And, you know, we went into it the, the, the first game and we were a bit light on players because I'm struggling with a bit, bit of injuries. Uh, we managed to get a few back. And um, like I say, it was uh, everyone done a shift, uh, which I was pleased with. And like I say, we, we I think we deserve to win the game. Now you've got Street tomorrow. Um, you beat them on the opening day of the season. I mean, it, there's a certain amount of deja vu about the fixture list. I think it would be fair to say at the moment. But I mean, do you think playing yeah. them so close does that make that game harder for you in some respects or easier? No, I mean there, there's no either. I don't think there's any easier games to be honest. Whoever you're playing. Um, especially on the evening as well. Um, but I mean, Street, we, we, we went down there. I mean, Street, for me as a manager, it's my first win at Street, to be honest. Uh, Street are always big, strong, good side. We did win 3 1. You know, the key, our goalkeeper that, that day was man of the match, pulled off some brilliant saves in the first opening 10, 15 minutes. Um, we scored at the right times. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we won 3-1. It probably sounds like we, you know, we were a lot better than them, but we weren't, you know, it was, it could have went either way. And I know, you know, I know they picked up um, a couple of wins as well now. 
I think they draw on Saturday to Kingston. Kingston are, are a good squad now as well. So, yeah, I mean, there, there won't be no easy games. And, like, you know, night matches are always different. I've got a couple missing again tomorrow through work. So it gives some other, you know, some other players opportunity to, to take a place for Saturday. Uh, you, I mean, it would be fair to say you picked up a few, you know, a fair few wins so far this season. You've talked about some of them in, in this interview, but you had a couple of um, difficult results not that long ago against Saltash yeah. uh, and Clevedon. I mean, when you look back on how you started this season, how happy are you? Well, we're 50 50 at the moment. We've played eight, won four, lost four. But like I say, the last two games we won, which is Cabrieff on the bank holiday and obviously Bitten uh, Saturday just gone, we got street tomorrow night. If we can pick up another. Uh, or not lose, pick up a point, or get a ma- another massive three points, it pushes us in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, overall, with football, you look at the fixtures and you say, well, we don't think we're going to win that one, or we think we're going to win that one, and we might get a point here, or we might not. It just never happens. It never happens. So I said to the boys in the changing room, we, you know, if you let, you know, if, if out of the two games, you probably think we were going to lose against Bitten and probably could beat Street. It could go back the other way where we could beat Bitten and we could lose against Street. So, it's just one of them. It's that every game's different for us, and um, at the moment, I can't get everyone available on the pitch. That's no excuse, and I expect ninety percent of the, t- the other teams can. But, but overall, yeah, I'm happy for, for, for where we are at this moment in time. Now, I'm sure that the Saltash game isn't something that you particularly want to dwell <laughs> no. on, but but I think we should mention that extraordinary act of generosity from your football club in donating the gate receipts from that match. Um, to Tom Cleveland, the Saltash player, injured during that game. I mean, I think I speak on behalf of everybody in the Western League who thinks that was a really classy thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was um, well, it was a terrible injury, really. I think he, um, I don't think he broke his leg. He dislocated his ankle. Um, we were waiting, you know, waiting for the ambulance to come. And I mean, they beat us. They beat us fair and square. We, you know, when when the game got replayed, you know, started again. I mean, they probably up their game because because obviously the lad. But no, I mean, they were better than us on a day. Obviously, eight nil thumping. It, it tells you everything. It wasn't just one or two players played bad. It was the, the all side. But no, well, you know, it was a great gesture from the club. And I hope to um, when we go back down to Salt Ash, I hope he's, you know, we, we we go down in a few months' time, and hopefully the lad will be there, and maybe he got his boots back on playing. I don't know, but but yeah, it was a good gesture from the club to be honest. Now, let's look ahead to Saturday. You've got the distraction of the FA Vars. You're at home to Fleet Town. Is that a game you're looking forward to? Yeah, to be honest. I mean, because I mean, the, the league games at the moment just, just come so thick and fast. I mean, and that's why we're picking up so many injuries. We never had a very good pre-season because of COVID again. Um, so, I mean, it's a break from the league. I know it's another game, obviously, but, you know, it's the FA Vars. I don't know nothing about Fleet Town, to be honest. Um, I know what I know what um, league they're in. I, you know, I've looked at their fixtures. They, they've had a, you know, they've won a few. And but yeah, we they don't know nothing about us really. We don't know nothing about them. We're at home, which helps. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can, you know, beat them Saturday and put ourselves into the next round. Now, when we turn back to league action, um, you've got Wellington coming up, and then you've got a run of some really tricky matches: Exmouth, Buckland, Bridgewater, and Saltash. Again, um, I mean, you've mentioned that the fixtures are coming. Thick and fast. It's still relatively early in the season, although we are we are starting to rack up the games. I mean, when when have you got an idea for when the league tables will start to give us a feel for you know where people are going to finish come the end of the season? There's you know no games. No one wins a league in you know in September yeah. or August. But it, we we're probably going to be well. I hopefully we're going to be mid table, if not a little bit higher. I mean, 
eight foot of us. I think your 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 usual size, like your bitterns, your Exmouths, your Taberstocks and Salt Ashes are gonna be there or thereabout. I don't sort of gauge it with sort of ten, fifteen games gone, I just do it by game by game because like I said, we're we're a type of side who can go and beat the top of the league like Bitten, like we did Saturday. And then we could go and play Bridport, no disrespect of Bridport, and probably they, they, they could probably turn us over. Uh, but that, that's, that's football. That's, that's Briz, to be honest. There's been a lot made in recent seasons about the quality of the of the Western League Premier Division, and we've talked about sort of outstanding sides of the past, you know, like Plymouth Parkway in recent in recent memory. Obviously, yeah. Wigan Rovers did very well as well. But we have seen this influx from um, Cornwall, and I think we've seen, you know, some, some real really good starts from the team, teams in Devon as well. Do, do you get the impression that it's had a positive effect on all of the clubs across the league? Do you think everybody's had to raise their game to compete at this new standard? Like I say, they, they, they've, come in and, they've come into it because they want to push on higher. Um, obviously, everyone can go up, but um, like I say, over the, over the the past season, this this season's probably going to be one of the hardest, I expect, for the, for the travelling is... I don't know if any other managers are struggling to get players in because they all want to play in this, the Hellenic League now because of the travelling. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, there's there's no easy games, um, and you've got to be on it to to get three points. And three points is is uh, is massive in our league, especially if, you know you win a couple of games, two, three games, it takes you up the league. And that's what we you know what we we intend to do is try and finish as high as we can. We're, no, we're, we're we know Brisington is not going to, we're not going to win the league. Um, and if we can finish Ireland in 10th, that will be, for me, an achievement for us to do. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Uh, moving on to our second feature game, and it is Mousel. They were at home to Millbrook. Yeah, two teams I, I, I admit I don't know too much about, obviously uh, new, to, new to the league and what have you. So, uh, yeah, still sort of learning about them. And it was, uh, well... Uh, a pretty good uh, experience for, for Mousel on Saturday afternoon. A 5-1 win at home uh, for them over Millbrook. Uh, really flying out the blocks in this one. They scored three times in the open court of an hour. So, uh, yeah, that's, if you want to lay down an early marker, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Talon Mitchell, Mark Goldsworthy and Callum McConey all scoring uh, in the early stages to put them in, yeah, complete control. Uh, Jake Foster gave them uh, gave Millbrook a, a slight foothold in the game. Uh, he pulled a goal back just before the interval. Uh, but it was Goldsworthy again restoring the, the, the free goal buffer in the 43rd minute uh, before Mitchell then added his second as well uh, midway through the second half. And that, that wrapped up a, a big big home win for Mousel. Yeah, we stay in Cornwall for our next feature game. It's Saltash United against Buckland. And uh, two teams, of course, that have started um, this season pretty well. Uh, so uh, who came out on top in this one, Tom? Well, it was a pretty dramatic one. Uh, one decided until the... Well, the final throws, uh, Saltash eventually running out 3-2 winners. But, uh, yeah, they went about it, uh, yeah, the long way, shall we say. Um, <laughs> having fallen behind to a, yeah, early Ryan Bush header, uh, they missed a penalty, Saltash, that is. Uh, Dave Barker, uh, he had his uh, 20th minute penalty save, so plenty of early drama. Uh, but they were soon on level terms. Sam Hughes uh, scoring on his 400th appearance for the club. So, well, yeah, that's a lot of games, obviously. It is, um, but it? he, uh, yeah. He levelled levelled affairs, uh, but they didn't have long to celebrate. Uh, Owen stopped and firing home uh, from long range to, to put Buckland back in front. <clears throat> uh, the game, yeah, looked to be looked to be headed in the uh, the visitors' uh, favour, uh, but Saltash were awarded a late lifeline. Uh, referee uh, spotting a handball in the box, and it was Chris Minhenick uh, making no mistake from 12 yards out uh, to level. Level affairs once more, um, but uh, fortunately for Buckland, uh, they had, uh, I think it was Rob Farkins uh, sent off uh, for his protestations 
uh, regarding that that award of the penalty. And uh, yeah, as I said, the ten men couldn't hold out. Uh, Soltash pushing on, and it was Barker uh, crossing for Hughes, and he made it three two deep in stoppage time. So uh, plenty of late drama, and it was the Ashes who came out three two winners. Yep, absolutely dramatic stuff there, Tom. And our final game uh, in the uh, in the Premier Division on Saturday takes us to to Tavistock, who. I hesitate to say they've been going under the radar um, because um, they're one of those teams we keep an eye on. But um, they've 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 gone about their business very efficiently recently, haven't they? They have, and uh, yeah, they now sit sit level on points for a bit in uh, at the top of the table. So uh, yeah, certainly teams will teams will know that they're uh, yeah not not a yeah not to be taken lightly by any means. Uh, it was uh, pretty a little bit of a delayed start down there, uh, but that didn't disrupt the home side. Uh, Talon Burns scoring and inside the opening 10 minutes to, to set them on their way. Uh, Wellington actually uh, did, did well to, to come back. Josh Baker levelling for them at the beginning of the second half. Uh, but the Lambs pushed on, uh, scoring twice more through Josh Grant and then Liam Prynne uh, to, to secure three points, which, as I say, puts them joint, uh, joint level uh, top, of the, the top of the table. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving into the first division, and we kick things off at Almondsbury. Um, they were involved in that basement battle against mm. Devizes Town, and, uh, uh, well, unfortunately, I went home unhappy, Tom. You did. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, as I say, unfortunately. So for, for you and the, the Devizes uh, team and, and fans and what have you, but, uh, yeah, 3-1 defeat for them. Uh, Almondsbury finally getting their first win. Uh, something had to give, didn't it? And it was, as I say, it was was Almondsbury who ran out victors. Uh, Ashley Knight, he was, uh, yeah, he was the star of the show. He scored twice for for the home side, and uh, yeah, moves them uh, off the bottom of the table. So, uh, well, somewhere to somewhere to start for for Almondsbury, isn't it? Uh, three points for them, unfortunately for Devizes. Uh, still looking for that elusive uh, victory. Yes, a case of what might have been. Um, mm. Devizes did start quite brightly, and. Um, I, uh, I had some I had some videos of, of, of shots that hit the bar and all the rest of it, but I've come to the conclusion that every time I get my camera out and try and take a picture of a Devizes goal, I jinx them. <laughs> so I think that um, I think that, that at the weekend I'm I'm just going to have to keep my camera in my pocket because <laughs> cl- clearly there can't be any other factor than than me trying to must take a picture that. of it. It yeah. must be that, wasn't it? Must, must be. That. But football is just, you know it's a simple game, and so if if superstition is going to be what gets us yeah. over the line, then I'll take that. I'll take that every day. Anyway, we'll leave it at that, and we'll move on to another very tightly. Uh, contested first division affair at the Theatre of Cheese, uh-huh. where Cheddar entertained Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, I think that's the first mention for the said theatre all season, so that's a nice place to start. But it was a, it was a two draw, a pretty pretty entertaining game. I think all four of the goals coming in the first half, so a, a frantic start to this one. Yeah, Wynn would have sent Oldland up to second, and uh, they did go ahead twice in this game. Owen McCallum uh, scoring on two occasions for them during during, as I say, a pretty. Uh, yeah, rip roaring uh, opening half. Uh, but yeah, the cheese and managed to, to claw them back on both occasions. It was Dean. I'm definitely going to get this name wrong. I apologise in advance. Chrisos Domu, I think something along those lines. I apologise again. Uh, he he drew them level, and then it was Adam Jones. I think this might be his first game of the season. I think that was uh, I spotted something like that on on social media. He's been pretty prolific for them over the last couple of years. So to have him back 
he found the back of the net. I think it was right at the end of the first half, uh, and that's how it stayed. So it's uh, yeah, ended between uh, Cheddar and Oldham. That was two all. Now we move on to Portishead Town and Radstock Town, um, two sides that have had quite similar starts to um, uh, their Western League campaigns this season. Both teams have picked up a few wins and also a, a few defeats. Uh, and uh, well, how did this one turn out, Tom? It tipped in the uh, the away side's balance. Uh, Radstock running out two on winners. Uh, they they were behind at the break. Uh, Rob Latham putting the home side ahead. Uh, there was a there was then a flashpoint, I believe, where where both sides had a man man sent off, and it was uh, Radstock who coped better with ten men. Uh, it seemed Craig Shepherd he scored twice in the uh, early stage of the uh, second half, sorry, and uh, yeah they managed to to hold out for an away win. So Radstock two on winners where Porter's head. Well, anything Radstock do, Welton Rovers like to do better, of course. Mm. Um, they were on their travels uh, to Titherington Rocks. And um, and how did they get on, Tom? Just about managed to hold on to their uh, their unbeaten start, Welton. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was looking ropey. Uh, Titherington um, had them on the rocks, shall we say. And, uh, yeah, they trailed <laughs> for much of the contest. Perrin Blundell, uh, he opened the scoring for them. I think that was the first time Welton had actually been behind all season. So, uh yeah, it's obviously been a fantastic start for them. And it did look like they were uh, heading towards a, a first defeat like Bitten in the Premier Division, but they did manage to, to find the equaliser. It was Joe Garland. Uh, he scored from uh, close range, uh, about three or four minutes left on the clock. And uh, they managed to, to yeah to, to hold out and uh, claim the one-all draw. I mean, that is the sign of a good team, isn't it? When uh, mm-hmm. it looks like you're heading yeah. for defeat, to find a way of getting a point and uh, it just keeps that scoreboard ticking over. Um, so uh, we have to say hats off to uh, to Welton Rovers there. And finally, um, Wells City, uh, they took on um, Bishop Sutton. Bishop Sutton, of course, we've talked about a few times, haven't we, on the podcast. They've started very brightly. Um, Wells have had some funny results, but uh, this was an emphatic win for the home side. It was eventually, yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't looking great for them. They did fall behind. Oakland Buck uh, seems to seems to score most weeks, doesn't he? He put, put, put Bishop Sutton ahead, so the away side were... We're in, we're in charge somewhat, but it was, uh, yeah, all one-way traffic after that. Wales running out 5-1 victors in the end. Uh, Ross Padfield, uh, Craig Herod and Callum Hall finding the back of that. There's also a double from Adam Wright. So, uh, yeah, fantastic start. Uh, fantastic comeback, sorry, from uh, Wales City. Maybe the, maybe could, yeah, kick-start their season somewhat. Because, as you say, it's been a little bit, yeah, a little, little bit underwhelming so far. And I think, I think I don't know, I'd see them as someone who could, uh, yeah, certainly push up that table a little bit. So a 5-1 win for them over Bishop Sutton. Uh, maybe maybe the start of something for Wales. So I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League po- podcast. It's Sean Potter, the manager of Wells City. Now, Sean, the last time we spoke, you were at Cheddar. So how are you finding life at Wells? Yeah, I love it, to be honest. Um, I think just coming in the first day, uh, meeting the lads and sort of speaking to the guys behind the scenes and the welcome that I've had has been been brilliant. So... Yeah, the setup's really good. Uh, the club as a whole, they've just been brilliant, really welcoming from the start. Uh, and then the lads have been brilliant throughout pre-season and new manager coming in and trying new things and different ideas and they've sort of adapted really well and sort of bought in to what we're trying to do. And yeah, it's been been really good, really good. Well, it's culminated in a really good result at the weekend. I mean, that was an excellent win against an informed Bishop Sutton side. Um Results up until then haven't been perhaps as you would have liked. So, I mean, is it been a case that that result has been coming? I think from the outside, you'd look at the results and it's quite boring saying the same things every week to people on the outside that are just seeing the results come through on paper. Um, 
saying that look, we played really well and we can score and same old things every single week. So we knew sort of internally uh, the performances were, were very good. Um, we just weren't really getting the luck and the rub of the green and perhaps weren't putting away enough chances to go and win games. Um, so we knew this result was coming at some stage and it just, just happened to be Saturday against Bishop Sutton. I think even in the games that we've played, like teams like Welton, where we played Welton, they were unbeaten. I think they're still unbeaten now, but they come to us and we dominated for most of the game. I'd say even their manager would probably say the same. We dominated for most of the game, played really well, and we come away with a 1-0 loss. So it's been frustrating, but... The lads sort of they know that we're, we're new into this and they're playing a brand new system that they've not been used to playing and like I said everything's new and they've got to be a little bit patient but yeah Saturday was nice it was nice for the lads to sort of get some rewards for the hard work and the sort of determination to stick with what we're doing um, so yeah yeah it was pleasing. Uh, let's talk about that performance five one would suggest that you were pretty dominant is that actually how it played out on the day? Yeah, to be fair, we started we started quite quick. Um, didn't create many chances, but we kept the ball well. Um, we put a bit of pressure on, uh, and they, they scored a bit of a freak goal. The lads coming back from sort of twenty yards offside, it's flicked off our defender's head, and the ref not really seen it properly, and he decided to give a goal. Um, he since come and apologised, and their manager was as much surprised as me. Um, and even the lad that scored come off and said, "I can't believe he's given it," but. It's just one of those things, the ref didn't see it properly and he's come off and he's apologised for his mistakes. I suppose everyone makes mistakes. So Then the lads sort of fought back in and went in one all at half-time. Uh, and then, yeah, we just come out firing, firing second half, created quite a few chances. And this week managed to put them away, whereas previous weeks we've, we've created so many chances. We've had, we've had someone doing stats. And I, think, I think it was a Welton game. We had 60 on target, um, sort of 22, 23 shots in total. So, and we haven't scored. So the performances haven't been too much different to what they were on Saturday. Uh, one game we come away losing one 0 and the other one we come away winning five one. So uh, that's the sort of thing. That's the thing that we've got to sort of brush up, putting our chances away. Really. Now I know one of the things that doesn't um, help, uh, certainly in the earliest part of the season, is often player availability. It can be very difficult in August. Has that been a problem for you? Oh, it's been awful. <laughs> awful. I spoke to um, I spoke to John Toy at Bishop Sutton on Saturday, and they've had exactly the same problem. So I know it's not just us. I know everyone's in the same boat. But you've got kids' school holidays and people going away for that, and people that haven't been able to go away and taking the chance to sort of go away now. You've also got weddings. People that have had to cancel their weddings through COVID, they're all sort of getting them in now. So yeah, we've had a lot, a lot missing. We've got two or three sort of key players most weeks missing. So. Yeah, that's been a problem, but I suppose everyone's in the same boat and it's just something we've got to deal with. I suppose what makes it slightly more difficult for you is the fact that this is obviously your first you know, season with the players and, of course, it was your first pre-season with the players. So, I mean, was you know, did that, did that make life more complicated in preparation for this season? Yeah, 100%. I think in an ideal world, you're going to want people to... every player to be there every single session and every single game, but... In a realistic world, we know that's not going to happen. Um, so we've just got to, we've just got to deal with what we've got. We've got to sort of brush up when we can, and when certain lads are there, we've got to do certain things. And when we know certain lads are missing, we're going to have to sort of adapt the session for that. But yeah, I think it has been difficult. But like I say, it's been the, been the same for everybody. But I think the lads have really adapted to what we've tried to do. Um, you've got lads that have been playing a certain way for for most of their careers, and. 
I've come in and sort of done done things a little bit different and tried to play the way that I would like to play and could say it's not for me I've, I've took it on board and hit the ground running and been willing to try and play it and enjoy it and we're starting to see a few little rewards now it's a little bit inconsistent but in terms of performances I can't really fault any of the lads they've been they've been really really good um, now, obviously, you're talking about the, the side that you inherited there, and we'll talk about the sort of the pedigree that Wales City have had in recent seasons in a minute. But uh, what have you been able to do any business in the transfer market? Uh, are there any names that, that that sort of more seasoned Wales City fans will be needing to become more familiar with over the coming weeks? Uh, yeah, so, so I come in and sort of during pre-season, I thought I said I'd give everybody a chance, uh, and we had a very good squad here already. The lads were committed. Uh, I think they went a couple of months with no manager and having no sort of guidance or didn't know what was going on during COVID and they still managed to get themselves together and train every single week. Um, so I knew that going in that I had some really committed lads and lads that really wanted to be there. So I'd give everyone a chance. Um, there was only a couple of positions we needed to fill in. Uh, we signed, obviously, Adam Wright, um, the striker. He's obviously scores a few goals. Uh, we signed Ollie Morris from Bridgewater. He's a ball-playing centre midfielder. So, yeah, we, so, so we've added quite a few. We've added Jake, a lad called Jacob Mead, who was at Hartbury Uni last year, and uh, goalkeeper Alfie Kelsey, who's with Bath Academy. He's come in and done really well. Uh, we've promoted from within, um, so we've taken some under-18s that were playing for the reserves last year that have played, come in and done really, really well, uh, and they've kept their spots. They can not drop a ball, so... If you're good enough, you're uh, you're old enough. So yeah, they've come in and done really well, and we've we've built quite a good squad. There's always always room for improvement. I don't think we're going to be the finished article, but yeah, really happy with what we've got. And it's up to me to sort of make these players make these players better rather than going out and trying to sign players in different positions. Um, I'd rather sort of go in and take a little bit of time and try and improve the lads that we've already got. Now, in recent seasons, I would have said that Wells City have been one of the form teams of the first division, and that was, you know, even with the likes of Khan and Ashton and Backwell and, and Corsham in the in the league, Wells have consistently um, competed at the top of the division. Do, do you think they're one of those sides that teams raise their game against when they know they've got you coming up at the weekend? Oh, 100%. I think being sort of a cheddar before, I'd look at the Wells game, although it was a derby, and sort of you'd be a little bit excited for it anyway. Um, we always knew that Wells were going to be decent. They're always going to be a top four or five club, and I think they've earned that, earned that respect. And I think it's something they can probably take as a positive. People want to raise their games. It makes it a little bit more difficult, but they've earned that by, by doing what they've done in the past, and they've got to sort of own that tag and, and sort of work with it. So... Yeah, we do get that. Obviously, they know that, that you know the teams that are going to be up there most years, and we do the same. So we know you go somewhere knowing that they've been up there for the last four or five years, and they're always going to be a good side. And you do sort of raise your game, even if it's sort of subconsciously. So yeah, we have we have faced a bit of that. Now, I mean, you talk about Wales being one of those um, top four, top five sides. Is that the sort of expectation that that, that the club gave you when you took over the reins? Do you know what? they didn't really give me any expectation my my expectations personally are it can only be I'm going into a league to go and win it I'm not going I'm not going anywhere to go and finish fourth or fifth if I'm not there I probably should be a little bit more patient um, going into a new club and sort of building from scratch really uh, starting a whole new sort of system and trying to get the lads on board with that I should probably be a bit more patient and realize it's going to take a bit of time but I think I'm one of these one of these that would just want to come in and do as well 
as we can. I think everyone would be be quite similar. But looking at the where we finished last year, looking at the players we've added, um, I think once it clicks uh, and we can sort of start putting results together, uh, there's not really many sides that we've played that have been too much better than us. Uh, like I said about the Welton game, they're unbeaten this season and we were probably better than them over 90 minutes, albeit they came, got their 1-0 win and, and took it away, so not taking anything away from them. But if that's the benchmark we're setting, I don't think we're very far away um, from being that side. And we're, we're early on and I keep telling the lads, look, don't get, don't get disheartened about the odd result. We're early on um, and anything can change over the next few months. So, yeah, I think our aim is not to, not to look too far ahead. I just want the lads to sort of concentrate on the next game. A little bit cliche, but I want them to concentrate on the next game uh, and then just see where it, where it takes us. Well, that next game is against Longwell Green. It's at home. Um, but, I mean, how important is it for you to build, get a positive result there and build on that win against Bishop Sutton? Oh, so, so important. We've we done it. We, we, last weekend, we played Saturday against Almondsbury and put in a really good performance. And then we were Monday at Bishop's Lydiard, albeit with quite a few players missing from the Saturday. But I said to the lads on the Monday, it's so much more important than Saturday to, to follow up with a win. Uh, otherwise, it sort of takes the edge off. So we've gone and gone to Bishop's Saturday and we've won 5-1. Uh, we can't dwell on that. We can be happy for a day. Uh, by the time Sunday comes around, it's all gone. Uh, and then we have, we're focusing on Longwell Green, and that result's a lot more important than the last one. So, yeah, like you say, it's really important for us to, to go and build in it. We don't want to be one of these inconsistent sides that can that can do it every now and then. We want to be a side that can do it every week. Although I've seen performances be, be really good most weeks. There's probably one or two exceptions. But although I seem that performance is really good each week, we need to start converting those into results, you know? Uh, well, one last question for you, and I've got a feeling I might know the answer to this one, Sean. Um, I know you don't want to look too far ahead in the fixture calendar, but um, on, Oct- on October the 2nd, you, you travel to Cheddar, the Theatre of Cheese. <laughs> so, I mean, is that a game that you're particularly looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm looking forward to it. I think it's always good just to be involved in a derby. Um personally I've got no I've still got a lot of friends at Cheddar I didn't leave them in on bad terms and still got on with people behind the scenes and the chairman's been really nice um, and sort of he's been kind about me moving to Wells and sent me a really nice message so there's no sort of animosity and it's not sort it's not sort of a hate filled game where I'm going there to sort of beat my old side but obviously I'm at Wells now and, and it's, it's going to be important for us to go and get the three points but I think obviously it's going to have that edge because people are going to be talking about it and there'll be sort of a lot of build-up to it. But really, for me, it's just about another it's another three points available that we want to go and get. Excellent. Sean, thank you very much indeed um, for your time. Uh, no worries. Good luck. And, um, of course, we'll catch up with you later in the season. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Ian. Now, we'll look ahead to the fixtures on Saturday, the 11th of September. Uh, it, is a, it is a fixture schedule dominated by the FA Vars, but we do have some Premier Division and some First Division action um, to, to talk about in a second. But, I mean, just picking out a few matches um, in, the, uh, in the Vars draw, Bradford Town, would you, do you remember them? They were, of course, mm-hmm. once of this parish, and they, they're at home to Wincanton Town. Um, Devizes Town, uh, this is the game I should be at on uh, on Saturday. They're at home to Badshot Lee, so uh, they might be able to put their uh, league woes behind them and hopefully pick up that first win of the season. Exmouth take on Shepton in an all-Western uh, League affair. 
Welton Rovers travel to Elberton Villa. It'll be interesting to see whether they can take their good league form into the peninsula. Um, Norfolk Coombe against Bishop Sutton. That is another um, all-Western League affair. And uh, and Radstock, they entertain Arundel. That's uh, that's quite a journey. Um, so we've uh, yeah, got a few uh, few journeys there, a few interesting matchups. And I know one thing that we always talk about, Tom, when we're talking about the Vars, and I imagine that um, it will happen... Uh, in the later rounds, but it looks like we've avoided it mostly in the first qualifying round. Is these uh, these all Western League matchups? So, you know, it's always nice, I think, for the cup, you know, to get a bit of a taste of something new, and hopefully our teams will be able to avoid each other as they progress and um, through that competition. Anyway, only time will tell. Um, but we will turn our attention to the Premier Division, Tom, and um, uh, we've got a few games, half a dozen to choose from. Which was the fixture that caught your eye? Yeah, picked out a tie between uh, Halston and Canesham. Uh, 53rd as things stand, I think. Canesham, yeah, don't seem to, yeah, don't seem to be um, conceding too many, I think, at the moment. So they're a strong start. As I say, up in third, they must be doing something right, mustn't they? And Halston, again, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit like um, Malzall and Milbrook, who I mentioned earlier. Little, um, little known about them so far. So a, a good test for them um, after about a month in, yeah, a month of action so far. Well, I noticed actually you mentioned Mousel. Um, they travel to Cabri Heath. That's going to be one hell of a journey, isn't it? Mm. Um, hopefully, they can uh, they can listen to the Tool Station Western League podcast on the way up. I'm Plenty sure that, time, will get, yeah. that will get them uh, in the mood. In fact, they'll probably be able to listen to a few episodes, a few back <laughs> episodes. Why not go <laughs> and dip into yeah. our back catalogue? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna my pick of the pops there is Buckland Athletic against Bridgewater United. You know, these are two sides that you know we really expect um, to go well. Um, this season, I think, you know, regardless of who comes out on top in that match, I think it will be an incredibly competitive um, affair. So I think there'll be some real value if you are looking around at where to put your money over the turnstile on uh, on Saturday. And uh, I will ask the same question of the first division, Tom. Where, where are you? Where are you? Where are your eyes on um, uh, in the first division on Saturday? You're going to go for some home comforts, I think. I think go for Rob down the bath side. Uh, they take on Timberton Rocks, obviously. Came came pretty close to um, derailing uh, Welton on Saturday, so uh, yeah, a promising start for them. I think away at Oddown, uh, they've been pretty strong at home, Oddown, and and the Rocks equally have been pretty decent on their travel. So um, yeah, should be an interesting uh, interesting tie up on on Saturday. The irresistible force meets the immovable mm. object. There you go. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my pick is AEK Boko against. Um, uh, Portishead Town. Bocco have only lost um, uh, once this season, and uh, I think uh, I didn't mention it earlier actually because we didn't we didn't review their game with Sherborne. They 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 lost to Sherborne Town on Saturday, but there were 231 people at that game, which is an, you know I mean for a first division side, absolutely phenomenal um, attendance. So. Um, uh, well, you know, there's uh, there's likely to be a big gate there, and the opposition won't have to travel that far because they're up against Portis Head, you know, and I think um, Portis Head are capable of getting a result. So I think that one will be uh, uh, that should be a, a, a hotly contested um, tie as well. Now, um, I wouldn't at this stage we normally talk about your wonderful bulletin, and we are indeed going to talk about your wonderful bulletin, Tom. But I did wonder if you could just sort of see us out by looking at the league tables. We've, we've not done this yet so far on this season's podcast because we like to sort of get a little bit of, you know, a few games on the board to give them a, a, a little bit of shape. Um, but I think um, we, we are reaching sort of a point where we've nearly had a quarter of our matches played mm-hmm. by certainly a, a large proportion of our clubs. Um, so um, do you want to tell us who, the, uh, who are top mm-hmm. of the pops in the Premier Division? 
Yeah, they've snuck into this week's bulletin, haven't they, Lee Taylor? I don't know if people have noticed down at the bottom. I think we've given them a month, so it's, uh, yeah, enough time to stew over these sort of things. So we've got Bitten uh, and Tavistock. They're the, the two teams at the top of the uh, the Prem at the moment on 19 points. Uh, Bitten played eight and Tavistock nine, but those two are leading the way at the uh, the early stage. Canesham uh, on 16 points in third, and then uh, Buckland. Uh, despite that that late defeat on the weekend, they've played eight and they've got 15 points. So promising start for for those sides. I think Helston as well probably uh, worthy of a mention in fifth. They've played seven and they've got 14 points. So uh, yeah, pretty. Well, all the top half, I think, looking at it now, will be pretty happy with with, with how things have started in in the Premier Division. Uh, and at the foot of the Premier Division, um, Bridport there in 19th. They've played 10. They've got three points. Ashton Backwell, and uh, they've played seven and they've got four points. As have. Uh, Millbrook, they've played six. Um, uh, they've got four points, and um, Cabri Heath uh, uh, played ten, five points. Um, I mean, obviously, still an awful lot of football to play. Clubs like Millbrook, I'm sure, will be looking at those games in hand, thinking they can pull away from the um, from the bottom uh, of the Premier Division table. And that's, you know, a moment of solace, a word of solace for those teams that do find themselves at the wrong end of the uh, of the division. All of them have managed to pick up a win so far this season. Um, so uh, they know how to do it. It's just a question of doing it a little bit more frequently. Uh, so there you go. There's my words of wisdom on the Premier Division. And if we look at the uh, the First Division, Tom, um, uh, who are the uh, who are the runners and riders there? We've got Welton, obviously, uh, top of the top of the tops at the moment. They've played ten. Uh, they've won eight of those matches and drawn two, uh, including Saturday's late late salvo. Uh, so they've got 26 points from their ten games. So they're uh, seven points clear of Cheddar, uh, who are in second. Uh, they've played nine there on 19 points. And then you've got Warminster and Oldland on 17. Uh, and Sherborne, they've also started really well. They've played seven. They've got 16 points for just one defeat. But the uh, the best goal difference in the in the, in the division, I think they've been, yeah, I think at the start of the season, they've, well, and, and still now, they're pretty pretty free-scoring, aren't they, Sherborne? So if they can keep that up, uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be beating more teams than they lose to, that's for sure. So uh, those that's the top five at the moment. Yeah, there's a slightly familiar feel about these uh, these teams, isn't there? I mean, Oldland obviously have started well, but the likes of Welton and Cheddar, Warminster, Sherborne, you know, they have been there and thereabouts in, in recent seasons. They are the teams that we expect to do well, and that's certainly the way they've started. Interesting to see whether Radstock can mount a challenge. And if we look down towards the bottom of the of the table, we see Wing Canton in 17th. I know Wing Canton were many people's um, sort of pre-season favourites to do well this season. So um, I think if they start putting victories together, then we'd certainly be expecting them to move north of, of 17th. Um, I mean, if we look at the, the, the foot of the first division, we see um, we see Devizes Town there. They've got two points from their, from their first nine games. Almondsbury have got four points um, from their first nine, and Hengrove have got five points. So, you know, a couple of wins at the bottom of the first division um, uh, can move you away. Uh, only Devizes Town uh, yet to record that first victory uh, and um, you know the others, I'm sure, will be you know will be taking the positives um, from from you know from the matches that they have done well in this season and 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 hoping for better better things to come. Anyway, don't get me too morose about all of this. I'm the, I'm the idiot who stu- suggested we looked at them. Perhaps next week I'll do the tops of the tables and you can do the bottom. All right. I was going to say you're usually very kind and just let me let me take the top. It's the the good good news, isn't it, for people? But yeah, we. If you want to switch it up, you switch it up. You're the boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good cop, bad cop.
Western League Podcast.